to the podcast series by Salty Wave Blue. My name is Gabrielle Ahern and I'm a marine biologist and science writer. Coral reef diversity around the world is due to the different biological, geological and climatic effects that influence their formation. So each reef is very different to the next. Most people know a lot about coral species, how they live and the unique shapes they grow into. However, not many people ever talk about a marine algae species called coralline algae, which develops a hard skeleton much like corals do. Australian researcher Professor Guillermo Diaz Polito and his team specialised in the study of coralline algae. They recently announced their discovery of growth bands in the skeleton of the species Porolithonon codes. Their report was published by Science Journal PLOS One. Diaz Polito says these structures have never been identified in any tropical species of coralline algae until now. I spoke with Professor Diaz Polito about this novel finding. species Porolithon oncodes? So, so far we've only um, studied the banding in one species of coralline algae and we don't actually know whether these um, occurs in other species but we are starting to look into, you know, to see whether this banding uh, occurs in other species of uh, red building um, algae. But the important thing here is that we are dealing with the most important uh, red building so what, what sort of information regarding environmental conditions um, does this study tell you? So for example, now we know that the bands of reproductive structures, uh, which are which we call concepticals, which are small cha- uh, chambers in which all these pores are formed. So these chambers form bands within the skeleton. And we know now that these bands are of concepticals form particularly during summertime. So understanding that these bands form during summertime, that's um, going to give us an idea of the periodicity of growth and reproduction of the corning algae. So if that, if that uh, formation of bands is related to seasons, then we, go, we could go back and study um, you know, older specimens and see whether the bands and the periodicity and the distance between, between bands have changed and that information is going to be so important you know, for us to understand potential effects of um, past climate or future climate on the ability of this algae to grow and to cement uh, um, the reef. So, yeah, that's the, the, the type of information mm-hmm. that we're looking for. It's a very exciting discovery that you've made and you've um, certainly used a lot of techniques. I mean, have you revolution- revolutionised some of the te- techniques that you've used? 
Well, I mean, that's another really interesting aspect of the research that we did because, I mean, previous research um, had shown that, yes, if we use one technique or two techniques, we discover a few things. But here, this time, we combine five different techniques to investigate how the algae grow, right? So, for example, we use X-ray uh, diffraction techniques to investigate uh, the mineralogy of the algae. We also use uh, mineralogy mapping, which basically is a very sophisticated way of mapping all the different uh, types of minerals or mineral phases within the skeleton of the coronary algae. We also use uh, scanning electron microscopes uh, combined with other very sophisticated um, spectroscopy uh, techniques to look at the density of the skeleton, to look at the sizes of the skeleton, and also we combine that with um, um, micro-computerized tomography scans, so we can plot everything that we see and then make relationships between the density of the skeleton, the growth of the algae, the bands, and also we use um, UV light to better appreciate the bands of conceptacles. So as you see, we use a different range of uh, techniques to investigate growth, and all this is building up um, on the previous work that we've done on this species in which we use different staining techniques to understand, again, how the algae grow, to refine the, um, the, the techniques that people use so we can understand, you know, the impacts of, um, of climate change on the growth of the algae. So, yeah, that's very exciting. The process that drives the development of the bands, you said, is the reproductive um, phase of the um, coralline algae, which is like the conceptacles, you said. So can you, you can enlarge on that? Is that a is that a, a new finding as well? Sure. Look, I mean, we all know that you know that, that every organism reproduces, but the way in which these algae uh, do it is is quite unique because they form these chambers uh, of conceptacles, and we knew that that the coralline algae had lots of these conceptacles, but now we know that they form these bands and they primarily reproduce during one season uh, of the year. And this information is new. We previously didn't know that this, um, uh, there was this periodicity of reproduction uh, in the coronary algae. So that's really new uh, information. Now, to what extent what we think here in this species and in the, in the southern great barrier reef actually happens in other, um, for example, in reefs uh, further north, uh, we're still not sure, but this is very exciting because it's just an opening an avenue for new uh, investigations. Okay, and so obviously we've had a lot of um, very um, bad weather anomalies with the um, with the, a lot of very high temperatures on the on the yeah. roof causing coral bleaching. I mean, how does this affect coralline algae like um, Coralithon oncodes? Does that affect its ability to? reproduce and to create these bands? Well, I mean, this is, this, this is a very exciting, a very interesting question. That's a great question. And um, we are looking into it. We've collected, uh, you know, different um, specimens from the northern Great Barrier Reef all the way down to the southern Great Barrier Reef. And we collected those um, specimens to investigate whether um, you know, the consistency in the in the banding that we already know exists in the algae is disrupted by, let's say, you know, these climatic events. 
that with the information that we now have, with the tools that we now have, we're going to be able to determine whether or to what extent or to what extent the warming, um, the ocean warming that we saw in the previous couple of years, um, is affecting the you know the reproductive cycle, the reproductive structures uh, of the algae. So now that we know that all these bands. Um, occur there that form every summer and that there is uh, some regularity between the different bands. If there are bands that are wider or there is more space in between the bands, we know that there has been some changes in the environment. So, so we're really excited about this discovery because then we could go back and investigate uh, whether you know there's been um, you know changes in the past uh, climate that we could actually see in the you know in our calling algae. Okay, so these um these new research techniques that you've introduced to actually to uncover this new finding have they assisted in, in discovering um this um process that the coralline algae uses every every um time it, you know during its life cycle? Yes, I mean without these techniques we wouldn't have been able to um, discover you know what we saw. I mean there were some indications that uh, we sort of suspected that. Uh, just basically, look, you know, you think classic uh, microscopy techniques, but without the aid, for example, of the um, of the micro computerized tomography scans, in which it maps all the you know the densities of, of the different bands, without all those techniques, we wouldn't have been able to identify, you know, to make uh, this discovery, and especially to relate all the different processes in the algae. Because one thing is the formation of the of the reproductive bands, but there are also density uh, bands that we discovered using, uh, for example, other techniques. So putting all these, you know, these different techniques and the results from the different techniques together, that you know, that gave us these really uh, interesting uh, results. Obviously, they're very hardy um, organisms on the reef um, to withstand the the, the um severity of conditions that they um, experience during their life cycle. Um, what else does this study tell you about the biology of the coralline algae? Well, another really interesting thing that we realised from this study is that um, the different, that these that this algae have different minerals uh, within their skeleton. It's not just um, in one type of mineral, like for example the corals, the, the reef building corals, their skeleton is made up of uh, a mineral type which is called aragonite. Hmm? Yes. And they're 100% uh, built up by this type of mineral. The coraling algae that we work with, they have different types of minerals. They have high man magnesium calcite, they have uh, dolomite, they have magnesite, and the quantities of the magnesium within the calcite mineral varies depending on whether we are close to the surface of the algal tissue or deep inside the skeleton of the algae. So using, for example, the mineralogy mapping, we were able to map all these different minerals within the skeleton of the algae and realize how complex you know, these structures are, the, the, the mineralogy composition of the coraline um, algae is. So um, that's another really interesting um, sort of realization that we got from our study using these techniques. So obviously they can adapt to whatever's around really to and um, they grab a lot of different minerals from the environment to build their skeletons. 
does this um, in many way um, lead to new research about um, how the reef can um, survive such extreme weather anomalies as, as the Great Barrier Reef has been experiencing? Absolutely. I mean, without this, um, you know, without this basic fundamental information, we'll never be able to understand what, you know, what the potential impacts of, let's say, ocean acidification or ocean warming would be um, on the ability of the algae to cultivate. It's like for us, if we don't really understand what, you know, the composition of our bones is, right, how we could understand, you know, the roles of, of aging or other things. So without that fundamental understanding of the structure of, of, of the calcification process, we won't be able to, you know, to predict or project the um, future impacts of climate change. So this is, you know, this, this is just that this is going to open, you know, avenues of new research uh, and we hope that by understanding all the complexities of the mineralogy, of the growth and the banding of the algae that's going to allow us, you know, a better comprehension of what could happen uh, in the future and especially the ability where the reef would be able to cope with uh, increased um, concentrations of carbon dioxide and, and warming. So that's really the critical um, sort of applied side of this research. Okay. So are you, um, are you growing... Um species of pyrolithon on codies in aquaculture to study them further? We use lots of different um, approaches. So my team goes out to the reef, collects uh, species which uh, or specimens which we bring back to the laboratory and we study them. But we've also been able to reproduce these species in, you know, in aquaria so we can follow the life cycle and, you know, understand much more uh, you know, the biology and the ecology. We know the life cycle now very well. We know when they reproduce, how they do it, and, uh, and, and all this, uh, lots of different information of the biological and ecological processes. So we do stuff in the laboratory, directly in the reef, and yeah, we, we were able to, um, yeah, get the algae to reproduce, to release the spores, and we've been following uh, spores, which are sort of like the seeds of this algae, through the different um, sort of growth um, stages. Just so, so, intent to, so we can build up a more comprehensive understanding of, of the biology of this key group of um, organisms in the reef. So basically, yeah. um, those bands really tell you when they're more more highly reproductive during the year. Yeah, so that's what we've um, confirmed in this study that we know that this uh, that these algae are particularly reproductive during summer, just around you know a month before and after summer, and those and those reproductive structures align in a in a in a band, and that's why we know that okay the algae is going through a reproductive phase. You know, let's say that we go back during winter, right, and collect species, they, they, there will not be any conceptual bonding forming in these species. But then again, when summer, summer comes, then all the, the, all the reproductive structures will be there. So understanding this periodicity, this regularity in the reproductive cycle is, you know, what really what we discovered because with, with that bonding, we know you know, the age of the algae, we know how, yeah, the longevity, how long the algae could, could live, and um, so on.
I would like to thank Professor Diaz Polito for sharing this amazing discovery and look forward to learning more about these corals of the plant world in future. In the next podcast episode presented by Salty Wave Blue, I'll be talking with a researcher who loves fish with big lips. So ease to the ground, everyone. Salty Wave Blue will be back soon.